What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of The Gray Area here with Billy and Drew. Back, back, back. We're one day late, sorry, but we're back. Yeah, we're, bu- we're busy people, but we, uh, we care about you, so here we are. Drew, how you been, man? I've been good, man. I'm holding up here in uh, good old North Carolina. Um, it's hot as hell down here, literally, but, you know, it's been, it's been a good couple of weeks uh, getting adjusted to things. Things are opening back up kind of have mixed feelings about that still want to have fun still a little nervous we'll see how it goes yeah i too am a fan of some fun but not dying that's on my uh <laughs> it's on my big board for the summer but yeah i think things have been well i know i don't know the details of north carolina too much but as you know illinois we've been in a relatively good spot i guess comparative to other states uh it's not like we're perfect. So it's not like, you know, things are open and life's back to normal, but you can go get some food places now. You know, you can take a mm-hmm. night, sit out with your friends and uh, they still got those social distancing signs and uh, spoiler alert, everyone, those signs don't work though. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was, I was, we were just talking about this, bro. Like every place that I've like gone, I, I've casually been out a couple of times for like a lunch and maybe a drink or two, but like, there's no one enforcing any of these rules. There was ma- there was one restaurant that was being really strict, and I and I commend them for that. Uh, but for the most part, everywhere else, they'll they'll have people seated like every other table, whatever stuff like that. But for the most part, man, like especially when start getting starts getting busy, like they don't give a fuck anymore. Um, and then here's another thing that I found hilarious. So the city of Raleigh implemented a. Um, I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, the capital here in North Carolina, but. They implemented uh, f- face coverings. You have to wear them, like, if you go in public. Um, not, like, if you're just walking on the sidewalk, but if you're going to go into, like, a grocery store, a convenience store, you know, pretty much anywhere that you have to, like, um, cross paths with with human life. But there's a restaurant that um, we stopped to get a, a drink at yesterday afternoon, and they were like, oh, yeah, you can't come in if you don't have a mask. And, and we had masks, so we were cool, but there was a, a party behind us. They didn't let them in. But when you walk in and, and everyone's seated at their table or at the bar, like, no one had a mask on. So I was just like, so you literally just need a mask to just walk in the door, and then you can just opt to take it off? It's like, that's the most pointless policy I've ever heard of in my entire life. Like, what was the point of that? It's like uh, it's like when you put up the sign that says that you have like home security like alerts, <laughs> but but you don't actually have it. It's just uh, it scares off the corona. So it's like ah oh, fuck, it's just like yeah yeah they scared the corona. They said oh you can't come. But yeah I don't know. It was just the most bizarre thing that I that I noticed. Um, still still trying to do my best to social distance. Still still rocking a mask when I have to go in public. But for the most part, I mean I'm not going to be scared to to go out and do things. I'm just going to be smart about it. Right, hand sanitizer on deck. You know, got to wash these haters away, wash the COVID away. Um, but yeah, man, I'm just, I'm just trying to, you know, balance that line of not staying in my house 24/7, but also not right, putting other people at risk and putting myself at, you know, higher risk. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. That's. And I try to do the same. It's funny. Just you see, it, wherever I go, and whether it's the grocery store or like, you know, a restaurant, or something, it will on the wall. It will say like, oh, make like the seats have to be six feet away from each other, and I'm like. That might be true, but the people aren't six feet away from each other. And bitch was packed. Yeah, for sure. You were kind of six inches, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, one thing that I hope stays uh, post-COVID is motherfuckers get out your personal space. Because that's one, that's one thing that, like, like you said, sometimes people are still violating your personal space. 
um, during a pandemic, which is weird. But for the most part, right, like, give me six feet of space at all times. Like, you don't need to be up in my face. Your breath probably stank. Like, I'm not trying to hear none of that shit. Like, give me my space because I like my space. So I hope that stays. Respect yeah. people's personal space. Please. You know, we'll, we'll get some of that. We'll get – but who knows, man. I mean, I, I think the goal for me is – try to stay in during like not go any places too much during the week. Maybe, you know, get out a little on the weekend. Got some uh, news as I was telling you, your boy is getting his wisdom teeth out tomorrow morning. Oh shit. Okay. Okay. Billy's going to be going coding crazy uh, for a couple days. Off the blue dream and lean baby. Shout out to Juicy J. One of the realists. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, honest side note about him how like what's he on like i feel like he's can't be alive much longer that man is like 50 bro, harder than i've ever gone i'm gonna be real with you bro i don't think none of those rappers be doing all the drugs that they say they do personally but who knows he might be the one and only i will say this is not a, like i i'm i'm exaggerating but juicy j got so many of my high school friends addicted to drugs <laughs> <laughs> and like oh, I don't know. I, i'm like partly kidding but i'm partly serious like like i had a, a lot of friends who just like got big in the zannies and just like because he's like i'm off a zip and a double cup just like and just like oh papa zanny papa adderall and like they just thought that shit was cool and um i low-key lost a lot of friendships but <laughs> shout out to juicy J. I can still bump his music but it still reminds me of all the fucking idiots that you know all right let me let me not speak of them in that light because that's kind of offensive but you know what i mean um, oh yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I just feel like people thought they were cool because they they did what Juicy J said he did, you know. <laughs> Bro, that's just I don't know. That's a conversation we could go in depth at a later point in time about it. But I think it's it's kind of the same way I feel about when people blame like violent video games for stuff. It's like 100. percent Yeah, it's 100%. it's kind of like like you like I you have a responsibility to have something, but also it's like you got to have you know you as a person can't be like wow. Futures, future said that he took like 16 bars. I'm out to also like, you know, I 100% agree with you. That's why I said I was mostly kidding, but like, yeah. like I don't, I, like I'm not blaming Juicy J in any way, shape or form. Oh, yeah, like, no. I, I, I think that trippy. Yeah. Like, I mean, I listened to the same music that they did and I am okay. So yeah. you know what I mean? Like I still listen to music that fucking tells me to do drugs, but that, am I going to do drugs? Maybe. Maybe. responsibly <laughs> responsibly in moderation drew, drew likes drake he said i took half a zan 16 hours out of land had me out like a light drew just take one for a nap he had he's scared I'm a, of flights i'm kind of a big dude bro i don't think a half a zan is gonna do shit to me especially for a 16 hour flight i might need like three or four of them motherfuckers bro. <laughs> i'm she. kidding I don't, I don't i do not pop zans no zans were popped in the making of this podcast yeah, dude, Zans make you too chill. I'm trying to get lit. I don't know if you're interested, Drew, but uh, after seeing that Trump rally, I think that's the place I'm trying to get lit at. <laughs> All right, I don't know if you guys have seen any of these videos from this Trump rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of newsworthy headlines to talk about from this rally, but one thing that I wanted to talk about was all these lunatics that were either dancing, like wearing these really weird outfits. I saw a guy who had on a diaper that said, he said, I COVID my ass. <laughs> I, yeah, I, like I COVID, I covered my ass because the, the doctor said if you fart, COVID spread. I don't know, some weirdo. Um, also, there was like 
a family that all had like Trump outfits with American flags and they were singing this really weird song and jumping up and down and dancing. And it, it what it reminded me of, it reminded me of, of those sorority videos um, where those are things are absolutely terrifying where like they're all like chanting and doing all these weird motions. So it reminded me of that, <laughs> but, but, but on steroids, like seriously, I picture hell being a Trump rally like that. I don't know, man. I, I would, my, I would get, my skin will be crawling. I'd be fucking itching and shit, dude. Like, give me the fuck away from there. Quickly, <laughs> swiftly. <laughs> Please, I never want to be there. <laughs> yeah, bro, I saw, I saw a clip. Yeah, I'm sure you saw it too. It was like, this is the scene of the Trump rally that they, the mainstream media doesn't want to show you. And it was like, it was supposed to make them look normal and make it seem like it was all okay and it was three like real big like fat guys dancing hard as hell to billy jean and <laughs> and i was like what is your point that like you like michael jackson like bitch everyone likes michael everyone jackson. likes michael jackson bro you, it's okay say, no, say but, wow i think totally different about you now yeah man honestly it it you can keep it um shout out to the k-pop <laughs> shout out to those k-poppers bro shout out to tiktok teens TikTok teens. If you don't know, guys, um, a bunch of a bunch of kids on TikTok and K-pop stands, and for those who don't know what K-pop is, it's Korean pop music. Uh, a lot of them online went and reserved tickets for the Donald Trump rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that just happened. Uh, the issue was, well, for Donald Trump that none of these motherfuckers were coming. They were bamboozled. <laughs> it was all a joke. And he thought he was going to have a million people at this event that had a grand total of about a little over 6,000. Yeah. So. Well, no, I think I, yeah. Was it only 6,000 people showed up total? Oh, wow. Yeah. So the, I know the venue itself seated 20,000, but they, the, the campaign mm -hmm. had prepped for 1 million potential people because they had a bunch of overflow stages mm -hmm. outside of the venue and Trump was actually scheduled to, to address the outside crowd, the over the overflow uh, crowd, uh, it was supposed to be a massive stage with like you know five hundred thousand, hundred thousand. It was Trump Palooza, and this did not happen. But I thought the most impressive thing about this whole plot was that these right TikTok teens, K-pop stands. I'm sure there was some adults involved in this. I actually know people that did it. Um, if reserved tickets too, um, <laughs> but or maybe wouldn't consider themselves as like the K-pop uh, group or the TikTok teens, but they actually understood the TikTok algorithm so much that, and knew like how to tag their videos where they were, they were able to make these videos go viral really quickly, but they wouldn't keep them up very long so that the Trump campaign would not catch on to it. Cause you know, when, when something like that happens, it gets reposted on Twitter, it gets reposted on Facebook, it gets reposted on Instagram and you know, then they might catch on. And then next, you know, they, they may be put in some security measures to make sure that people that get the tickets are actually want to show up and they're not, you know, taking t tickets away from other people. So they actually understood, they, they went to the length of understanding TikTok and how TikTok works in order to make sure that they kind of kept, kept it a little bit more discreet. So, you know, they didn't catch on to what they were doing, which is absolutely hilarious and shout out to them. Um, but yeah, that's, that was, that was impressive. Yeah, no, that's, that's genius. I'm actually very, very impressed. And that's the, the thing is, uh, Drew, like you and I, we're both kind of on that borderline between like, you know, millennial and Gen Z. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. And, and the thing is, we're like, this is the difference between us and Gen Z, I've realized is that like, 
we we started off not like born into technology we, it, it was slow like towards like middle school i'd say like that's where it started like these kids are born into it they're damn 100 robots these are the like, ipad generations they, they had ipads when they were fucking four like you know yeah. like five, like yeah here's the thing they're gonna need those people honestly because for i mean for you can feel how you feel about donald trump but the guy's social media team compared to most other politicians is fucking elite. Like this man has a meme team. Like I'm like, who is, who's posting these ridiculous videos on Trump's page? Him oh. like, body slamming CNN logos and WWE. Yeah. There was one where it was like, like, um, where he made a fake Joe Biden come behind somebody, like somebody and, like grab their shoulders and like smell their hair. And it was just like, honestly, I, I got to give that to that, to Trump. He is fucking hilarious now don't get me wrong he's a dangerous motherfucker not like physically but like just right the rhetoric the the things that he pushes things like that dangerous but i don't care i fucking laugh all the time at his fucking shit but then there also is right the things that disgust me the things that make me mad the things that you know really shouldn't be posted on the internet i think i didn't think we planned on talking about this but did you see that 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 video that they made about fake news with like the cnn like tag or no yeah did you did you see his did you see the the youtube ad too did you see <laughs> no i didn't see the youtube ad All right, explain, right, explain what you gotta say first okay okay so so basically he had this ad that had this like cnn interface where it looked like it was like it looked like it, it was like a, a, a old cnn segment where it was like <laughs> them talking about racism um and it was like t- a black kid and a white kid and at first i think the white kid wasn't like trying to like go like say hi to the black kid and then what, what trump was basically saying was the big problem is fake news and this is another example of fake news cnn is the fake news and then at the end of the video it showed the white kid and the black kid running up to each other and hugging each other and then he was this is the stuff like this is why like fake news is a big problem okay i, I understand right like if you watch it and it was true you're like oh yeah that's they they fucked up why they why they post that Turns out the fucking video was 100% fake and it was doctored. CNN never ran that segment. And the parents that were involved in the video, the parents of those kids, they actually like forced like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter to take down the video because they used the video without their permission. So how are you going to go and promote the problem with fake news with fucking fake news? That just seems so counterproductive to me. I don't know. No, I mean, he, it's all him really like... <laughs> Like people act like this is a dramatic statement, but it's literally just him trying to make people lose faith in any media. Because right now, Trump's down bad. I'd say for the most part, out of the last four years, his ass has been able to like have someone say something about him, whether it's policy or something from his past, and he just brushes it off and nothing's fucking happened. And he's, now he's at a point where like between the coronavirus and all the protests, He's down bad in a lot of the polls, even Fox News. He's lashing out at them. And his his really only hope is to kind of run this disinformation campaign and hope that enough people don't believe what they see on the news, you know? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, the, like he's exacerbated the, the, the distrust between, right, the masses and the media. And don't get me wrong, man. Like, I yes, you don't have to guess what my my political affiliation is. I am liberal. Does that mean I I I, I identify with everything that the Democratic Party pushes? Absolutely not. Does that mean that I like everything that CNN puts out, MSNBC puts out? Absolutely not. 
I think the key component of all this, the key thing that's always lost in translation when we're talking about the media is you have to use your own critical lens and your own thought process to actually decipher, you know, what you think, what you should think about, you know, what they're talking about. You shouldn't just watch what they put out and then your opinion ha- should be the same thing that they're putting out. That's, that's absolutely insanity. And I know a lot of people do that. So I think that you have to consume media, all media with a critical lens, um, whether that's Fox news, MSNBC, C- CNN, whatever. Now, personally, I think that Fox pushes way more dangerous rhetoric, way more, way more dangerous content, and they mislead their people a lot more than um, maybe some of the, the, the liberal um, networks. My personal opinion, I think it could be back to effects. I have not done like an, a fucking data analysis project on, right, like who does more mis- misleading, puts out more misleading content, and which other content, the misleading content has a more more of a negative effect right on his masses so right like i said don't listen to everything i tell you um use what i say if you like what i say use it to kind of further your knowledge and further your research but yeah man i totally get it right like his his fucking plot is to make us not trust anyone not trust the media and he is the guy that's gonna save us and drain the swamp and right you know what i mean but you know one thing trump is telling the truth about well, Drew, uh, Donald Trump, as uh, I saw in his YouTube ad, which that, uh, sure, that seems full of facts, uh, Donald Trump has been quoted as the uh, candidate for our great military and our veterans. And he wanted, uh, wanted me to know when I was watching YouTube video today that not only is he the candidate for veterans, but Joe Biden actually has an endorsement from from guess who, Drew? Guess who Joe Biden's endorsed by? Who? Osama bin Laden. Wait, isn't he fucking dead? Yeah, that's also a real commercial, like a real ad I was just talking about. It, it was like Donald Trump has gotten many endorsements across active and retired U.S. military leaders, while Joe Biden has received an endorsement from, and it was like a black screen, and it slid off, and it's like, Osama bin Laden. That's absolutely hilarious. And then he go, and this is Donald Trump, and I approve this message. <laughs> he did. He did. Just big thumbs up on the fucking screen. Like whoever decided that's the tag for like your political ad, like fuck, like throw that away. But that is absolutely hilarious. First of all, he's dead. Maybe one time when he was alive, he said he watched Joe Biden. Anyways, even if he did, that holds no fucking weight to fucking international fucking. <laughs> It's my it's my make or break policy position for if Osama bin Laden likes you. Yeah, if we're being real, I'm sure there's a ton of terrorists that love fucking Donald Trump. So that's not probably the, the <laughs> probably not the hill you want to die on, brother. Nah, not wouldn't say so. I bet Donald Trump would have got a, a fucking endorsement from Dylan Roof, if you know who that is. Oh, the uh, you know the innocent young man who they gave a hamburger. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> he fucking murdered like. 10 people at a fucking black church and then got some fucking, uh, what do you call it, a Whopper with some fucking and a large fry and a soda. Oh, yeah, man. Hey, hey, it is what it is. Drew, um, I know this is 
somewhat uh, a difficult topic for you to talk about, but I thought our listeners may want to know that there's been a recent uh, there's been a recent rise in suicides of Confederate statues by your home. Uh, so I so if you wanted to address that at all, and, and I do want to preface it by saying it's not just it's not just where I live. I, I've been seeing these fucking oh yeah definitely all over the country, even in, in other countries, similar kind of um, symbolisms of right whether it's colonization or imperialism things like that. But here in Raleigh, North Carolina, we are in the Bible Belt technically. Where I live is uh, a liberal district but that doesn't mean that it's free from right um conservatism there's definitely a good amount of that here as well um but right like if you're going to live in north carolina and you and you are progressive you'll probably live here in uh, raleigh or charlotte um i mean potentially some some smaller spots but you know they don't have as, uh, as much opportunity for employment and things like that but okay so there, that being said, right, North Carolina was a Confederate state. Um, it's in the South. Um, although we have some progressives here, it's still, right, pretty much a red state um, for the most part. And there was some Confederate statues, uh, you know, at some of the parks here downtown Raleigh. I actually live probably like a 10-minute walk from where, these, where, they, where they were. But on Juneteenth, a ton of protesters literally had like um, – like the towing straps like the big straps that you use to like tie like massive like things if you want to like you know attach it to your truck or something like that but they, they had these ties these big industrial ties and they hooked them around these fucking uh confederate statues and with the strength of hundreds of people they fucking ripped these things right off like of the right the cement or whatever they were stuck to and then they dragged them around downtown raleigh for like 20 minutes just like dragging them like like there was like 20 people running and just holding the strings and just dragging them across. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. And then they went so far to fucking symbolically hang these fucking Confederate soldiers from a light pole right in front of the courthouse in downtown Raleigh. Like that was some of the most like strong symbolism I've seen in a long fucking time. Absolutely hilarious. Absolutely necessary. I don't, why do we need to fucking celebrate the Confederate soldiers for like, yeah, they fought for the fucking rebels, the fucking people who wanted to defy the United States of America. They were on the losing team. Fuck, we talk about LeBron losing all the fucking time. They fucking lost. They were like they were treasonous. Like why do break that? It doesn't. It's very funny that the group of people who are very concerned about participation trophies love statues for participation trophies. You lost. Like, it, they, they, like, bro, they put someone put the Confederacy into perspective that it really was only four years, yeah. like it actually existed, and it's like, bro, that's how long I went to college for, dog. Like, LeBron James went to more finals consecutively, like eight years. He doubled that. LeBron is more important to the United States history than the Confederacy. So, also, right, the Confederate flag that's flown today was not the flag that was flown during the. Civil War has been used more of a, a, a more of a, a symbol symbolism of for like Jim Crow and like separationist um, like policies versus like true right Southern pride Southern heritage. It wasn't it wasn't really adopted um, by you know a group as a whole you know till several years later you know decades decades after the, the war itself. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. Uh, it's just it just doesn't sit right with me. Like, there's not like, you're not gonna fucking like. All right, people may not like 
some white people may be mad that I'm comparing slavery to fucking the Holocaust, but slavery is pretty fucking bad. And I, and I would argue that it's pretty fucking bad, just as bad, if not really close to being as bad as, you know, the Holocaust. And I'm not here to comp- compare whose fucking trials and tribulations were harder. Um, but you don't see any goddamn statues of Adolf Hitler anywhere in Germany, do you? Bro, no. And they banned the Nazi flag there. It's literally banned. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just think it's a... Um, it's weird. It's a weird hill to die on. It's a weird thing to be that mad about, personally. Um, but I guess this is a good time to tr- transition over to NASCAR. And you may ask yourself, who the fuck cares about NASCAR? <laughs> You're right. Well, we're a NASCAR podcast, actually. So. I don't. I don't really care to watch people make a bunch of left turns on national television. <laughs> Not my. I mean, if you're into it, you're into it. Um, but, but NASCAR, um, in light of the George Floyd situation and the mass unrest around the United States, they went and they finally banned the Confederate flag from all of their events. Now, this is something that has been talked about in NASCAR for a, a pretty long time, and they're, they're recently transitioned to new leadership a few years ago. And the previous owner said that, um, yeah, it, it seemed like it, their time, the time was coming soon for them to, to do it which is really weird for me to think about because why would you like say that publicly when you just have the power to actually do it? So really weird. This is like three, four, five years ago. They finally eventually banned the Confederate flag from all of their, um, all of their events um, in light of the George Floyd situation and their one and only black driver, Bubba Watson from, uh, I want to say he's from Alabama. Um, who knew? I didn't even know there was a black NASCAR driver, but shout out to Bubba Watson holding down for the brothers. Um, I don't know how he personally does it because that would not be the environment that I would ever want to be in as a black man, but I mean, he's passionate about the sport. He's, he's been one of the best in the, in the game. So big, big shouts outs to him. Um, but yeah, he spoke out um, requesting a NASCAR ban it and they actually did like the next day. Super, super good, right? Commend them 100%. Um, and then this week, at his garage at the Talladega Sports Sports um, Complex, um, where they do a lot of the races, they found a noose in his team's garage. Now, that's got to be some of the most racist shit I've ever fucking heard of in my life, bro. Like, no one. Like, here's the thing: you have to go out of your way to make a noose. Like, no, you don't just you don't buy it. So think about that. Like. You make that, and it's a clear sign of hate. Like that is the that is racism uh, starter pack right there. There's no it. There's no right. There's none of that. Now NASCAR's response has been: we unequivocally fucking. This is the most disgusting thing we've ever seen. Where we, they got the FBI, Justice Department involved, and they're reviewing all the tapes to try to figure out who who did it. And then they said they'll never ever. Right? They're they're probably even prosecuted by the law. They'll, they'll never ever participate in NASCAR ever again. It did came out. They said that there's a pretty small list of people who ha- who would have had access to do it. So I think that, um, you know, they'll, they'll probably find the person who did it. Now, social media is a dangerous place. And, the, you know, right-wing Twitter started comparing this to the Justice Smollett situation. Um, and I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but Bill, you want to give them a little backstory? Yeah, so uh, Justice Smollett, uh, he won in – an Oscar for a uh, best dramatic performance in a fake hostage situation. Uh, he, basically he's an actor on the show power and he made a report. Was oh. it empire power? Empire, empire. empire. Okay. Sorry, 50 cent. I didn't mean that. 
but <laughs> but so he's at yeah and he he made a call from his uh residence in chicago about that he like he, some these two like white trump supporter guys came and tried to attack him and said they tried to hang him with a noose the police show up to this man's house and he still well for one he still has the noose on his neck like like it's a halloween costume and then, and then they're in the reports. The, the police officer said that like there was just a bunch of weed smoke still in the apartment. So like, was he chilling with these dudes? And it ended up gets investigated and figure out that he made this shit up, um, and he hired these two Nigerian guys to like, quote unquote, like jump them. Right? They they caught these guys on security footage at a store, like buying all of the equipment, like all of it in the same spot, like to go perpetrate this at his house and it was a bad look it all it really all he wanted to do was to get more attention and you know get his bag up from the show get a bigger contract and it backfired he staged a fake hate crime in order to uh succeed in his career thank you for giving us that synopsis billy um, yeah very welcome so why did the, the uh bubba watson situation come to light right you guys speak up a little bit in your mic. It's kind of so. So conspiracy theory Twitter, um, they started comparing what potentially happened to Bubba Watson as a potential um, Jussie Smollett situation, saying maybe it was staged. They don't believe. They can't believe. They, they, it's hard for them to believe that someone would actually do that. Um, and I guess maybe right, like in in some world, that's maybe one percent fair to kind of have your skepticism. Um, but I guess after I like did some more homework on the situation, um, Bubba Watson himself, he's not even the one that discovered it. Um, it was some people on his team. So I don't even know if he ever, if he ever saw it. Now let's not say it's not possible for him to still stage it. I just highly doubt that he would go to that extreme to do it. Seemed like a pretty high character guy. Um, and I mean, I guess, right. We don't know. We don't know yet. It's still too, too early to, to decide, but I think, I think that's just dangerous to right to just like, come out right away and just be like oh that's fake they can't believe that would happen when clearly we've been seeing so many racist fucking things happen in the last four weeks like i mean let alone the last 400 years the last four weeks that you still find it hard to believe that something like that would happen especially in alabama like come on you know for i don't know if this will affect the country in this way but for our listeners let me give you an example of why you should fucking believe it by the default literally yesterday I saw a video on Twitter. Someone in Homewood, Illinois, hung a noose from a tree where they're on the street where there was a bunch of black people living on the street. And this this black woman stopped out like Drew, I'll send this to you on Twitter too. That's like right by my parents' house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bro, bro. And they she was driving down her block, like she pulls up, it's just hanging in like one of the well, some person's front lawn on the side of the street, like like what the fuck, bro? Like this is 2020, and this is like people are still out here ballsy and being racist. Like, Insane. And and oh, this I I was not even gonna bring this up. And now that we're talking about racism, um, the most racist thing that's ever happened to me happened. And I've had I've had conversations with law enforcement that you know right profiling things like that. People thinking I'm stealing in the store. Um, I think those like those are a little bit those experiences that I've had were, were for the most part, a little bit more unconscious. This one was the most overt racism that I've ever experienced in my goddamn life. Um, but I'm at this, I'm at this, this establishment Sunday or Saturday afternoon. 
um, having some lunch and a few drinks with my brother and some of my coworkers. And I'm on the second floor. It's like a second floor rooftop that's like right over the corner of a street. So you're really close to the to the intersection, really close to the street. You only have a second floor above. So this dude in like a red tank top with like a backwards hat, like a little a little beefy dude, like kind of swole. He's at the light right next, right right on the corner, and he looks up and he goes, "Fuck you, nigger!" Like dead serious. And I, like I swear to God, I'm the Holy Bible. This is a 100% a true story. And I'm sitting there, we're having a conversation with the table, and then like I stopped, and everyone's like, "Yo, what? Like what?" And then like, "You guys didn't just hear that? You didn't see that?" And then they're like, "Nah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see that." This this dude turns around and and comes back the other way, and then comes back and says, either says "fucking beaner" or "fucking nigger" again. And it was like, "Yeah, fuck you," like like "fuck you," blah blah blah. And then he pulls off. So so I was just in complete utter shock. First of all, like. I think that if I was probably on the first floor, if I was a little bit closer, it would have been an instinct like anger and I probably would have fucking went after the dude, which would not have been the best decision because I think that motherfucker was looking for something. I think he was looking for a confrontation. I think he was looking to fucking probably try to make someone a, a, another Dr- Traylon Martin situation, say that they came after him and he fucking you know, shot him in self-defense. But that was the craziest thing that ever happened to me because it was 100% unprovoked. It was just insane. I, I, I wasn't even going to talk about that, but since we were talking about racism, I just had to. No, I think, honestly, it's it's worth people hearing. Like, this shit happens. Like, I know, I know for some people, they're, like, weirdly skeptical if it's not someone that they don't know, even though it's – like, these are real people still just because you don't know them. Like, these yeah, things man, exactly. And, right, like, dude, like, I moved from Chicago to North Carolina. Uh, obviously, I, I said before I'm in a more liberal um, or progressive – um, district but you're right like it's still not right it's still the south right i'm sure this can still happen in chicago but it's just it was it was really odd for me to see because i didn't do anything to that guy it was just really weird and right that shit's real man you got to believe people um until they give you a reason not to i guess um but yeah it's it's weird man i i don't understand why people just don't they think it's so hard to believe um i think i think this is uh I'll br- I, I wasn't gonna bring this up but it reminded me of when, I, when I went out this past weekend, Drew, I was with, uh, I was with Zach, and he had a shirt on. Uh, for, the, for those listening, if you know the, the clothing brand, Half Evil, um, they have a shirt, and it says, We Shoot Racist. Just a, <laughs> it's a white T-shirt, and just across the chest, it says, We Shoot Racist. And let me tell you, that got some riles out of the people. It was, Did it? Yeah, it did. <laughs> and well, I mean, there was a lot of people. Don't get me wrong. There was a lot of people who were like, "Hey, bro, that shirt's awesome. Like, that shirt's hilarious." You know, like in so, in a supportive way. But there was uh, there was someone that confronted Zach and was like, "Oh, so like, let me know your opinion about this." And got offended. And it's like, before you get in that conversation, maybe you should evaluate that you just took offense to we shoot. Racist. What the fuck does that say about you that you feel like you need to that you feel some type of way about somebody being mad about a racist, bro? Like what? That means I'm 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 about to defend racism because I don't like your shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, well, let me play the devil's advocate to the situation where there's no devil's advocate. Nah, either. bro, you're just racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ain't no ain't no devil's advocate when we're talking about this shit right here, bro. Um wasn't it an older guy or was it a young dude? Uh, younger guy. I probably like, would have slapped the shit out of him just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> bro, they, bro, that would not be good for social distancing. So uh, you should probably apologize to our listeners. Slap the shit out of him. 
Put some hand sanitizer on right after. <laughs> yeah, bro. You're good. There you are. There you're good. All this saliva is all cleaned off. No, but man, man, it's it's crazy. It's wild. It's 2020, but um, I think the best. The I, I don't know if I mentioned this before in another episode, but the best right way to actually understand just how long ago a lot of these like right overt racism, Jim Crow, right Reconstruction, all these different things. I think it's a 295 years of slavery, about 50 years of Jim Crow, and about 50 years of quote-unquote um, equality, right? And there was another post that I saw surface on social media, right? Like the, the, the people who went to the first integrated schools in the United States, a lot of them are still alive. I think probably 30 to 40% of them are still alive. And they're probably in their 60s or their 70s, um, in some cases maybe a little older. So that's just not that long ago. That's your grandma and at worst your great grandma. Like that's not that long ago. And just because they went to integrated schools and we went to integrated schools, doesn't mean that a lot of this, a lot of the, the things that right. Like they went through, you know, they were just equal. Like it's just that it's just not how it works. It's like, it's like if I'm playing Billy in a one-on-one, in basketball and he gets a hundred or 450 point lead, bro. Like that's like, I'm, I'm still playing catch up, bro. And then there's still things that as a result of biases that get written into policy, maybe on accident, maybe on purpose, that still affect the ability for that, that group of people to kind of, you know, work their way up. Um, it's not that long ago is, is my point here. And I, and I know I can talk a lot, but that's the point. It's not that long ago. Believe people. Okay. Yeah, and I think another – I think the same – on the same point, opposite side of the spectrum, what you have to realize is if the if the black people who were a part of the first integrated schools are in their 60s and 70s, then the ra- like the racist people who w- were trying to prevent them are still alive, bro. And here's the thing. We have some old-ass people governing our country. Like, those people were – at the same age. Some, yep. of them, some of them at that time were little kids. Some of them were teenagers. And it's, you grow up in that, you're going to tell me that those people don't have biases of their own? I don't know, man. But, yeah, 100%. And, I mean, it, it, we didn't mean to make this episode, right, focused on racism. But it just seems like a lot of stuff that's been going on has been tied to racism. Um, so, we're going we're gonna to kind of stay on that theme here for a second. Yeah. So, <laughs> but um, yeah. did you um, – did you did you hear about what happened with Mike Gundy, the head coach for the Oklahoma State football team? Ah, yes, Magga Gundy. Yeah, I heard. Magga Gundy. So we're gonna keep this story a little bit brief, but so Mike Gundy, he's the head coach of the Oklahoma State. Been there for been the head coach for I don't know, probably the last 15, 20 years. Also played played there back in the eighties and nineties. Um, a, a picture surfaced of him on, you know, like fishing with. Uh, uh, OAN network TV uh, shirt on and it's one American news, which is a, it's, they, they are a very, very conservative uh, borderline, if not full blown conspiracy theory based news, news um, channel. And he had this t-shirt on and right. He's a head coach of hundreds of, of black athletes, thousands over the last, you know, 15 years, teammates right, interfacing with black people all the time, every single day of his life, I would imagine. And as soon as he wore the shirt, immediate backlash on social media, and it went so far as to his star running back, All-American, first team All, you know, first team All Big 12, you know, really, really, like, high-profile athlete comes out on social media and says, this is completely unacceptable, and I will not be participating in anything Oklahoma State-related until 
things change. Um, the reason he was upset because one American news is a they're not they're not just like Fox News like Fox News is pretty bad and like but like no they take it to another level. They have they have uh, touted conspiracy theories about um, several several different things. Like you know the the one of the the survivors from the Stoneman Douglas High School they had a th- conspiracy theory about David Hogg that was not true. They had um, conspiracy theories about several things. Um, also, one of their their um, anchors went on TV and basically called Black Lives Matter movement a criminal organization and a farce. And right, like you can't you can't support that when you're fucking coaching a bunch of black and brown boys growing up in a time where you know they're still targeted. Also, they posted stories about a California Bible ban, which would ban the sale of Bibles. Which, if you believe that, and you are just an idiot, like no state no country would ever do that no city like that's just absolutely insane and they're just they're really known for running unsubstantiated claims and stories and then like reputable news networks do when they run something that was false they run up uh, a correction and say hey we we you know we published this it turned out not to be true we apologize for for getting you this and we'll make sure that we you know work our best to keep our journalistic integrity and provide you you know real content um not a fan of it yeah so i mean say what you will about the 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 oan network but what i'm getting to is mike gundy then posted a a half-ass apology with him and chubba howard basically saying oh i'm sorry i I mean this didn't really i'm sorry this happened blah 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 it wasn't really apology he got dragged on social media for having a shitty ass half-ass apology he followed this up with another apology, I think a day or two later, where it's him with this Oklahoma State backdrop. It's like a digital backdrop. Looks really nice. He has like this nice Oklahoma State polo. You know, looks like he just got a fresh haircut, a fresh lineup. And it looks like he's reading straight out of a damn teleprompter. And he's like apologizing. He's like, once I found out what they stood for on the Black Lives Matter movement, I was completely ashamed and, uh, and sorry for my actions. But like, I know, right? Like, well, why are you gonna why are you gonna critique this guy's apology? No, it literally looked like he was being held hostage. It looked like <laughs> it looked like his mom was forcing him to stay at the table until he finished his food. Like he did not look enthusiastic or happy that he had to apologize whatsoever. Well, his ass was blinking in Morris code. Yeah, help, <laughs> help me, <laughs> help me. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, we didn't mean to make this this, this episode about right the racism racism in America, but it just so happens that. There's a lot of that shit going on. Yeah, it's kind of a new thing if you haven't heard about it. <laughs> it's back, back and better than ever, or I mean, I guess worse than ever. But um, yeah, so that was just another bizarre, insane story. Hey, I guess a little, one little thing about one last thing about this this my gun situation. Turns out he was a quarterback for Oklahoma State in the, I think the late '80s, early '90s, and one of the defensive linemen for Colorado um, that was in the same conference said that Mike Gundy straight up called him the, the n-word multiple times during that during during a game that they played and like it's not like he came out and said this um 2020 after like the things resurfaced no he said this back then and then he just it, 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 they ran the story back then but then he reasserted like yeah like he did that shit in the 90s i wouldn't imagine like i, I would still like i definitely believe that he would still do some shit like that so i just think there's a lot of right a lot of things you know when there's smoke there's fire i personally don't like when you when you when you when you allow for that kind of rhetoric, 
to be promoted when you will literally coach young black men, right? A lot of the times, I'm not trying to generalize or stereotype, but a lot of times, right, these, some of these dudes, their only way out is this college, this college scholarship, right, playing ball. And I don't know, man, it just makes me think, like, uh, like he, he don't give a fuck about those players, in my opinion, right? Like, he, maybe he does individual, like, on an individual basis, but he doesn't give a fuck about them as, like, you know, what their trials and tribulations are as a people, as a society, because you cannot separate the color of their skin from their life experiences. Um, so I just – I find it weird, man. I, I would have a hard time playing for a guy like that, in my opinion, but that's just me. Some people don't care. Yeah, some people don't. Some people were convinced that he's right. So we live in a weird time. Politics, politics. Since I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not trying to make this episode about that. So let's just move on to the next topic. I guess. All right. We'll talk about a lighter topic. Pedophilia. Let's get on that. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> so, a lighter topic? Oh, my God. Don't cancel me for laughing. <laughs> yeah. Don't cancel me for saying that's a lighter topic. Lighter. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So so for those who don't know, um, Chris D'Elia, he's a comedian, has been in the news recently, um, where some girls online have resurfaced emails and text messages uh, from him basically trying to talk to 16 and 17 year old girls. I don't really know who is the first person to come out with this, but it's, but I've seen this now several different times. I think maybe be like seven or eight different girls where it's him uh, just at, like, Hey, he'd be like, Hey, my show's in your city tonight. Like you should come like texting girls like, hi, like these 16 year olds. <laughs> Just I'm just to let you guys know how old uh, Chris D'Elia is. I'm gonna get his. He's in his thirties. I know that for. Uh, Sounds like a Jeffrey Epstein ass dude. Chris. Oh, oh, I was wrong. He is forty. He oh is my 40. god! Yeah, wow, he he's even older than I thought he was. 1980, man. This man was alive when the USSR was a thing. So that's uh, that is. So yeah, it's it's really creepy. Um, well, what's the creepiest part about it, Billy? <laughs> the creepiest part about it is that he plays the role so goddamn well. This man, it once these things started resurfacing, you know, there as there always is when anyone's favorite anything gets accused on the internet of doing something. There's people defending, like you know, that couldn't be true. Blah, blah, blah. Then then it comes out that <laughs> on the show, you, uh, Chris D'Elia, actually happened to play. A pedophile. A oh my God! And, what? And, yeah, and, and then, <laughs> and and then, and then, even before then, in the show Workaholics, he was a guest character, and just for one episode, also played a pedophile. Oh my God, dude! What the fuck? I feel like, like, please don't take this context. Don't post this blurb without the full context. If I was a pedophile, I would refrain. And I was, a, and if I was a pedophile and I was an actor, I would refrain from 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 playing any of those roles i don't know that's just me but listen, listen, that's man, absolutely he learned none of the lines like he was just ready to go <laughs> he played that well that role so damn well it's probably what blew his career up um but that's absolutely crazy man um well i think is, he's officially canceled right like we believe those people because oh um, yeah, yeah he's, I, it's here, he's I, like two two things about it one even this was yesterday uh there was a video of an, a, a past interview of him uh I don't know whose podcast or whose interview he was on, but it was like three or four people there and they were talking about how like some kid, uh, like it got exposed that some kid was having sex with like his teacher. Like it was some like 14, 15 year old boy. 
and like the teacher long story short was like sending him nudes and trying to hook up whatever mom exposed it because of snapchat like got brought to the police and in the clip that they show it's like chris D'Elia, like asking how i got caught and they're like oh it was on snapchat like they found the messages and stuff and he like you could like looking at his face you could see like he was like oh i didn't even think that was possible right (laughs) he had the discomfort on his face like oh shit i gotta be careful (laughs) like in like in that moment it definitely could have been perceived like oh he was just interested how it worked but now it's like he's like ah geez i gotta start covering some tracks he said oh shit i can't be doing this i can't be sitting my dick on snap but no man um fucking i'm so sorry to the victims that's absolutely unacceptable inexcusable it's but, but it is just crazy that he fucking played a pedophile on multiple occasions wow bro it's it's so weird how like some of this stuff is so in the open i don't know if you saw this but uh like megan fox has been very vocal about like her being sexualized from a young age in Hollywood. Yeah, that I saw that. Yeah, when, yeah. yeah. She, she was on Jimmy Kimmel, and for those who don't haven't seen it, she she was saying that Jimmy Kimmel was like making her dance in a red, white, and blue bikini with no, water. Was, be- what? Wait, sorry, it was Michael no, Bay that made her do it, right? Yeah, Michael Bay made her do it, but then uh, she was on Jimmy Kimmel, and she was explaining it to him, saying like. So, like, that was Michael Bay's thought process. You could see that's how he thinks. And, like, Jimmy Kimmel kind of just, like, brushed it off and laughed. He's like, oh, I think that's how we all think. And we're, I like, I was like, whoa. I mean, yeah. I, I, I can personally say that I've never had – I've never been like, damn, I want to see that 15-year-old girl with water on her bikini. Like, I, it's just not – Maybe just, when just, I was 15. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just weird. It's just really weird. I couldn't even watch the Jeffrey Epstein documentary because that's just, I don't know, man. It just makes my my skin crawl. Not only from like the developmental standpoint when it comes to the brain, but just like this literal child, like physically, it's also still a child. Like, I don't know, man. Fuck that. I don't want, I don't want any parts of it. Imagine this. Imagine finding out your homie was into like teenage girls and you found out because you guys were going to a concert that was like 18 plus and he's like, hey, my girl can't get in. Like, 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 think about that. Like, think like, this is the part I like thought about. It was like, there's at every level, like at a sexual, psychological, like legal level, like every single thing, there is nothing cool about being a pedophile, you know, like nothing at all. Like even, even like, even if you were like, I'm fucked up in the head and this is what I'm into, you can't do anything with your girlfriend. So you're a loser dating little girls stuck in your house. Like, like, I don't know, bro, if you're a pedophile, Kill yourself. Like, you know, like, there's nothing else to say. Castration. We cutting off the penis. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? There's like, yeah, just chop it off. Uh, there's, 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 there's a few, like, I don't know if you want to call it primitive or, like, um, medieval, like, punishments that, like, I would probably still get down with. And that's one of them. If you're a fucking pedophile or a rapist, you get your dick cut off. You even gotta go to jail. You just get your dick cut off. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what's really weird? Um, after like the Chris D'Elia thing popped up, I actually because first off, you saw the weirdos already out in full the sense. Well, did you know the age of consent in this state is? I like shut the fuck up, you pedophile. Like it's it's really weird that like half of our country states have fifteen. Yeah, it's like it's sixteen. Sixteen is like 16. Half, 
Illinois 17. I know a couple states are other 17. There's a couple 18s. But it's very creepy that the vast majority are 16. Yeah, dude. Because fucking America's full of fucking weirdos, man. Like, I don't know. Whatever. Fuck, fuck the pedophiles. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I don't think that I mean, I don't, I don't have any other topics that I want to touch on. I don't know how you feel, what you, what you got going, where we at with the day. You know, I, I think this is a good time. We could wrap it up. I just wanted to briefly talk about the, uh, the situation going on in Yemen before we wrap it up. We're, we'll probably, we, we could probably do a later deep dive episode into this, but I just kind of wanted to give every one of our listeners an idea for those who don't know what is going on in Yemen. Uh, so if those who don't know, Yemen is a country uh, – in the Middle East, and they are suffering the worst famine in the history of the world. Like, Billy, explain famine to the people who may not know what famine is. Yeah, okay. I'll give the full definition here. Uh, so, oh, wow, it's actually much shorter than I thought. Uh, so famine is extreme scarcity of food. So basically, people are starving at alarming rates. Uh, just to give you a little background of the, what's going on, 24 million people uh, are in need of humanitarian assistance there. About, plus that, like about half of those people are children. And it's 24 million people is literally 80% of the population of Yemen. So an entire country is fading away. Uh, it's, there's a lot of things that have caused this between droughts in the area, you know, COVID's definitely making it worse, but it's, it's kind of, it, it's kind of really, a politically driven problem. I'll, like I'll, I have a brief history here. It's so conflicts began when there was a shift in political transition uh, that forced a long ruling uh, resident to hand over power to his successor. The civil war in Yemen in 2014 the, was when the Houthi rebel movement took advantage of the new president's weaknesses and seized control over the northern province of Yemen and all the neighboring neighborhoods. So they took a large chunk of the country over by force. Then they went to the capital. They forced the president to leave. Uh, and they've really been running the country of militia, killing people, letting people starve to death. And to make it worse, really, uh, the United States is kind of making it worse in a way, like indirectly with that we're selling weapons to these people. The, Saudi Arabia, the eight other Arab states with the backing of the United States, with England and France, they've been doing airstrikes. Uh, they've been selling weapons to Saudi Arabia that then get pushed into Yemen. So we're indirectly fueling an international crisis that almost no one is talking about. So I just wanted to bring it to the attention. Yeah, and it's important to know. Um, I personally, right, like I've seen headlines. I've seen articles. I haven't personally like deep dived into any of it. But it is something that we need to address, and I think at, at a later date we'll probably go, you know, have its own dedicated episode because it's very important. Um, I don't know much about, right, arm, like, you know, I don't know what you call it, arms dealing, right, the trade of, you know, weapons and things like that. I know we, are, we have a, a big hand in that. Um, we have a lot of companies, defense companies, that, you know, profit a fuck ton from war. Um, so maybe that is something that we need to revisit at a, at a later date. But, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's sad to see that something like this can be happening in 2020 when, right, while we're over here paying $15 for an avocado toast and complaining that we can't get our hair cut because COVID-19. 
Um, but yeah, no, seriously, man, you just got to appreciate what you got. Cause every, you know, ev- everywhere is not as fortunate. Um, and there is things that we can maybe do to help. Uh, maybe we'll post some, some links um, to some donation tabs or something, some informational tabs in the show notes. You guys can, you know, learn a little bit more support, but it's just an overall sad, sad, sad story. Sad world, sad times, but we'll get through it together, guys. That's together? Yeah, you know how we're going to get through it? We're going to sing. <laughs> we're going to post a video compilation of us singing John Lennon or something on fucking and post it that... on, social, on social media. <laughs> Bro, the worst thing ever in the middle of a pandemic and racial riots, talk about, imagine there's no heaven. <laughs> what? <laughs> what they're, where you start singing, uh, we're all in this together. I'm waiting, bro. That, that Trump. I'm telling you, Trump's gonna Trump's gonna threaten to bomb somewhere, and then Nancy Pelosi's gonna come out in a in a musical montage with uh, Chuck Schumer and the rest of the gang. I'm shout out, that. shout out, Nancy Kunta Kinte Pelosi. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google it. All right. <laughs> we'll catch up with you guys uh, next week with a, with a newer episode of the Gray Area. We appreciate the support. Please do us a favor, like, subscribe, rate, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts, we there. Um, Yeah, man. See you guys soon. Love y'all. Peace.